Hey, it's good to be back with you. Thanks for uh, watching, listening, whichever you're doing or both. Uh, we're in our series, our I Am series. As we go through Lent, uh, we're taking the I Am statements of uh, John that uh, he said that Jesus had made. He made the I Am statements, and there are seven of them. And today we're handling uh, the one in John 10, 11. And it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit, any word of knowledge that you give to me to speak to a person listening or watching or both. <clears throat> Lord, if you prompt me with it, I do want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, uh, Lord, you look at all of us, but you see me differently. I'm under a greater judgment, a more strict judgment. I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. Remember, we're in our Lent season. You do three things during Lent. Uh, we want you to have prayer and devotion. Both of those are just one of the things, prayer and devotion. Uh, you practice fasting from something that can be a luxury to you. And then you also practice uh, generosity of just blessing other people. <clears throat> We're asking you also to read the Gospel of John with us. No scheduled reading, just read it. If you finish before Easter, we say this always, just go ahead and begin and read it again <clears throat> in the Gospel of John. But all the I Am statements that we're handling in this series are coming from the Gospel of John. So today... Uh, we're handling where Jesus makes the statement, I am the good shepherd. <clears throat> the, uh, we handled a lot of this last Sunday. You may want to go back and watch that or listen to that. Uh, when we handled the statement, I am the door, uh, which can be a statement that doesn't sound like it has anything to do with shepherding or sheep, but it has everything to do with it. <clears throat> we mentioned a lot of things there about the, the sheepfold and everything that he does but we move on today with him making the statement that I am a good shepherd. I wrote down one of the characteristics of a good shepherd. What makes a shepherd good? And the word that is used here in John's description of this good shepherd is they are, they are noble and they are worthy. Uh, one of the things that I consider out of good leadership, like, uh, uh, I, I do this with our staff and a lot of people who serve in our church. And I have a, I, I, I'll just say GL, capital G, capital L. And, I, and I'll text it to them, you know, when something's happened I know about. Or I may even say it, GL, and it means it stands for great leadership. And one of the things that I that come to my mind out of being a great leader, a, a one that's noble and worthy, and it certainly meets the criteria or the characteristics of a good shepherd, is you're willing to go the second mile. You're willing, you're, we all have job descriptions, but you're, you're, you're willing to chuck that and just go right on and do what is required or what is necessary. And I just think good leaders not only do what's expected, and we can't please everybody in that, but also, they go beyond that. <clears throat> they go the second mile, the extra mile. So to begin with, the characteristic of a good shepherd is that. <clears throat> One who goes the second mile. We'll see this in just a moment. But they are noble and they are worthy. In verse 11, the one I just read to you, 
It says, I am the good shepherd. The, the good shepherd lays down his life uh, for the sheep. A characteristic is they're willing to die for the sheep. Uh, they're willing to lay down their life for them, not and mainly because the sheep can be endangered. Is the whole picture here? I don't, I don't just love them and I'm going to die for them. They're in danger and I'm going to die for them for their safety. Uh, another characteristic is we find this in uh, in verses 12 and 13. It says the hired man, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired man and doesn't care about the sheep. So uh, a noble characteristic or quality that's in the good shepherd is he cares for the sheep. <clears throat> the picture here is the difference between a shepherd and a hired man. Uh, a shepherd is in relationship with these sheep. I mean, we're going we're gonna to hit that deeper in a second, but a hired person is not invested in it. It's just their job. There's no investment whatsoever. In, in last Sunday's sermon, I Am the Door, he talked about thieves and robbers coming in. The hired man is not a thief and a robber. A thief and a robber is causing harm, wanting to brutalize the sheep. They're evil. They're wanting to divide and destroy. Uh, that's a thief and a robber. A hired person is not evil. They're just not invested. Their, their, their interest is only there to do their job, get paid for doing their job, nothing more, nothing less, which goes back to my original statement that a, a good leader or a good shepherd is one who goes the second mile. And man, does Jesus' description of this good shepherd go the second mile? He's willing to lay down his life for the safety of the sheep. Uh, and he, he begins this, and we hear this more and more. But then he cares for the sheep. It is an absolute investment. Uh, he cares about these sheep and he knows them, which leads us into the next characteristic in verse 14. It says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Um, this knowing here is more than a cognitive knowing. It's, it's, it's more than uh, if you're around livestock today and I grew up on a farm, you know, cattle and calves have an ear tag. Uh, they, they may have a neck tag with a number on it. Uh, we, uh, we find, we, we know our cattle mainly by the tag or the brand or whatever. That's not the case with the shepherd and the sheep. He, he, he knows his sheep and his sheep know him. We know from last Sunday sermon and even later on in the verse I'm going to give you that they know the voice. The sheep know the voice of their shepherd, and then the shepherd knows the sheep, even knows their actions, which we'll talk about later as well. But just know that he knows the sheep. Uh, one of the, I don't know where I read this years ago. I'd, I'd, I'd give them credit if I could remember where I read this, but I have no idea where I read it. But the, the it's not original with me. And, um, but this stuck with me that one of the signs of a good shepherd is they smell like sheep. Uh, and uh, I, I just, my mind went to me growing up and I grew up around and worked around a lot around dairy barns. And then I can smell a dairy barn a mile away. I can smell a farmer who's got a dairy barn, but just being around them because they absorb that smell. 
the uh, it says the he knows them. Uh, the the knowing here is very 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 important. It's not cognitive knowing that I can see the ear tag. They didn't have those. That's what we do now. <clears throat> or I, I I see the collar around their neck. They didn't have those. That's what we do now. Uh, so it's not a cognitive knowing. It is a relational knowing. The 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 point that we make here, and a good shepherd knows his sheep and is known by the sheep, and a good shepherd smells like sheep because he's with them. Uh, the next characteristic is found in verse 15. As the Father knows me and I know the Father, <clears throat> I lay down my life, I lay down my life for the sheep. The sheep shepherd situation, remember, is not a cognitive knowing, it's a relational knowing. They know each other. And the picture that Jesus is trying to give here is just like the Father and Jesus. Uh, there's a relationship between the Father and Jesus. And there's a relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. And he's wanting them to know that the relationship that he has with the Father, he carries that relationship over into the sheep. That's why so much, I, I, I feel this in our nation, and I can only speak about the tribe that I am a part of. Uh, especially the state of Kentucky. I know Kentucky fairly well. I've spoken in churches from Paducah to Ashland. Uh, and uh, I, I think I know our culture. And what I'm seeing people having the most difficulty with is they don't know how to go and be alone with the Father. And Jesus is beginning to teach this. He's gonna make this a point of discipleship. Listen, I'm glad you have good friends. I'm glad you can have good counsel. But the first place you and I must go as Christians, the one who has begotten us again, is we go to the Father. Uh, yes, you can go to friends and go to counsel, but learn. And Jesus is trying to teach us this. I feel like in this passage, the, the words come out of the page and form a hand and grab me by the shirt in a loving kind of way, but a stern kind of way to say, the relationship that I have with the Father is a relationship that I carry on with the sheep, with us. And we've got to learn to trust that. It's not a cognitive knowing, it's a relational situation. And uh, so the again, the second time, the second time in verse 15, he says, I laid down my life for the sheep, second time. It won't be the last time that he says that either. Then in verse 16, he says, but I have other sheep that are not of this fold. They believe we're talking about the Gentiles here because he's talking to the Jews and the Gentiles are everybody else that's not a Jew, uh, more the outcasts, the people on the outer margin. <clears throat> I must bring them also <clears throat> and they will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and there will be one shepherd. A good shepherd gathers his sheep. Not only does he lay down his life, care, and know them, but he gathers them together. Uh, uh, verse 17, this is why the Father loves me, because I am laying down my life so I may take it up again. This is the third time in a few short verses as he's talking about the good shepherd that Jesus says, I'm going to lay down my life again. I'm doing this. The Father loves me for this. 
And we're going to see in a minute why he loves him for this. Because I am laying down my life so that I may take it up again. And it becomes a picture of resurrection. And then in verse 18, he says it for the fourth time. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I, I have received this command from my Father. It's the fourth time that he gives the characteristic of a good shepherd as one who's willing to lay down his life. I firmly believe that Jesus is laying the groundwork to the Jewish leaders because they're going to hear about his death and resurrection and hoping they will connect with this point. He mentions it four times. Four times he mentions that he's going to, a good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep and he does it freely. <clears throat> Do you reckon he wants us to know this? I want you to know that today and I want you to reflect on that today uh, of the good shepherd. I can cross-reference in scripture and go to the Old Testament and continue to give you the picture or the characteristic of a good shepherd. It's the 23rd Psalm, when many of you all know, and it's verses one and two. I wanna remind you that these verses are from the perspective of the sheep. It's as if the sheep are talking. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I learned it as I shall not want, but we know that it, you, you lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I lack. You remember we handled last Sunday and I am the door and Jesus handling the sheep. They have the going out and the coming in, they go to pasture. <clears throat> it's a picture of abundant life, uh, back and forth. Uh, I lack nothing. Everything I need to find, I find in Jesus. And that can be tough, man. The world will tell us not to trust him not to trust something that's unseen that we can't see, not to trust this historical figure that even the world recognizes as a person in history, not to do that. But we lack nothing. We lack nothing when he becomes our shepherd. And two, we see that the good shepherd, he leads and he guides. Uh, still waters, green pastures, we keep on seeing the characteristic of a good shepherd. I wanna remind you about sheep though. And I want to remind you why Jesus said four times in John 10, 11 through 18 that he may lay his life down. Sheep are known to wander around. They'll, they'll graze. They'll, they'll get to grazing to the point that they'll look up from their grazing and they won't know where they are. And a good shepherd lets them graze. But when they get out of line, he brings them back in he, into safety. Uh, it, it, some of the pictures I see have where uh, Jesus leaves the 99 and goes and finds the one. And that is as they're wandering around, they're grazing and wandering around and they, they finish grazing, they look up, they don't know where they are, they just lay down, you know, they just plop right there. And then he comes and finds them. So sheep are known to wander around and to graze and to end up lost. Isaiah 53, six says this about us. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way. We've gone our own way. And the Lord has punished him for all the going our own way that we have done. He has punished him for the iniquity of us all. 
Isaiah 53, 6 matches perfectly the teaching of the Good Shepherd in John chapter 10. He says, I'm willing to wait, lay down my life for, for my sheep. And he says it four times. What's one to know? We, we are the disobedient ones. Listen, man, he says, Isaiah said it about all of us. We all have gone astray <clears throat> like sheep. I've been, <clears throat> I've, I've been over here. I've been grazing over here. I've been wandering over there. And I, I look up and I realize my lostness and, and I've lost my direction. Um, yet in Isaiah 53, 6, it says, and the Lord has punished the shepherd, Jesus, for the iniquity of all of us. There's good news there. Guys, we've all gone our own way. We've done it for lots of different reasons. Some of it, because we weren't paying attention, some of it's just flat out rebellion. And it doesn't matter. The Lord has sent Jesus and punished him for all of our sins. This is good news. This is good news. You don't have to pay the punishment for that. <clears throat> he has already paid the punishment for you. And this is not only good news, this is a picture of a good shepherd. That we're the ones that were disobedient, but he took the punishment for our disobedience. I don't care what you're doing right now, you need to stop and give thanks. If you're driving a vehicle, don't stop, okay? But you need to put a pause button on your thoughts and give thanks to the Lord. That even in our disobedience, he died for our disobedience. He lays down his life for the sheep. And then I want you to look at Matthew chapter nine, verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were weary and worn out. They were like sheep without a shepherd. He continues that in Mark chapter six, verse 34. So as he stepped ashore, he saw a huge crowd and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd then he began to teach them many things. Listen, listen to me. We have a good shepherd. He is alive and he's well. He, in our picture, he's, the he's our savior. But he is our good shepherd. He leads and guides us. He is good and noble and worthy. He, four times he says he's willing to lay down his life for us, which he's already done. He cares for us. He knows you and desires to be known by you. He gathers us and he's, he, he, he desires that personal relationship with every single one of us. It's good news and we do have, part of the good news is we have a good shepherd. Uh, in John chapter 10, verses 27 and 29 is what I'll leave you with today. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish ever. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. A lot of questions I usually get is, you know, can, can, the, can the enemy, can anything snatch me out of the hand of my father? And the answer is no. But the question you really need to be asking is, are you in his grip? Uh, if I'm gonna stay in the context of what we handled today, uh, am I the sheep that know his voice? Am I the sheep that know him and that follow him? Make sure you're following him. Make sure that you know the good shepherd, you're in relationship with him. 
He says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish ever and no one will snatch them out of my hand. I love the picture of the good shepherd. And you know what? That good shepherd is alive and well and he wants to lead and guide and care for you. He's already died for you. He just wants you to know that. I pray today that you put your faith and trust in him. Thanks for being a part of this service and this challenge today. Uh, you know what we say, I love you. And then we say to each other uh, from Logan and T and myself, grace and peace to you and make sure you live in both of them.